storm surges upwards of 15 to 16 feet, 20 inches of rain or more with this system. The eye wall, 15 miles wide with 150 mile per hour winds. It's basically a 15 mile wide F3 tornado. That is NBC's Al Roker. Hurricane Ida struck as a Cat 4, sparked flood warnings across 16 states in Ida. Hit 16 years to the day. Hurricane Katrina made landfall. Coming up during this episode, Officer Phil Ritchie in segment three. He's going to answer the questions we had from the last episode, including why did officers erase the dry erase board with a message from the fleeing suspect? What if a member of the pack that Canine Raider is familiar with suddenly changes their scent like changes to Irish Spring Soap? How does that affect her tracking? Plus, a Fortune 500 CEO says for each COVID-related hospitalization, it costs his company $12,000, $32,000, or $55,000. That conversation is coming up. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. I'm Preston Thompson. I'm the producer of the My Second Act podcast, a University of Alabama graduate and the show's resident millennial. PT also a semi-pro disc golfer. Donna. Oh, yeah. Mm, I love that. We're just like peeling out some new things about him. I like that. Uh, my name's Donna and I'm Caddy's wife. Okay, we went to dinner uh, Saturday night. Right. Had a great dinner and it was kind of early and so there was like where we were eating, there was like a green space with some chairs and tables and so we walked over there and we're having a great conversation. We're just sitting there talking and there's all these boys, these little kids playing football. Doing what little boys do. Doing what little boys do except I got hit with a football seven times. It it was a soft football though. It it, wasn't like... But it it was just like... And we had moved our chairs back and it's like, I think I'm becoming one of those crotchety old ass ladies, you know? Because I just was like staring at their parents. And every now and then one of the parents would like look up from their margarita and they'd be like, Jimmy, be careful. Don't hit the old lady, Jimmy. Okay, that's what they huh? said. Is that what she said? I'm sorry. Because there were also little kids <laughs> sitting around and they were like, be careful around the little kids. But it was like after the first four times, it's like, dude, can you take your football over there? And, and I think, but it's like. Have you ever been sitting on the beach and just keep getting pounded like with a ball or something? You're just like a frisbee. Yeah. You're like, stop already. Stop. But I don't want to become one of those crotchety old ladies because I had those kids who were like running around and doing stuff. I will say, though, you and I were always very good, maybe even too hard sometimes on our kids about like going to restaurants and stuff and not running around tables and, you know, knocking people's stuff over. I think, and I'm probably going to get in trouble for this one, but this is just the way I feel. I feel like parents nowadays want to be so laid back and they want to be known as like I'm so cool cool and yeah and I'm laid back and nothing bothers me and I have these free range kids and you just let them do what they want to do that they almost go way to the left with getting their kids to like have any form of manners and you know and it's always like when and I hate to say this but it's when groups of parents are out and they're usually having fun and drinking having conversations but they're almost like oblivious my kids would do that too like if we were out with friends or stuff but I wasn't oblivious to it but now I do believe that there's this it's it's almost like a a badge of honor to like let your kids just run wild and you're like it's cool it's fine you know they'll figure it out let them recorrect themselves and I'm like uh-uh. it's not okay for that kid to be sitting at my table like he's supposed to be over at your table you know or running around the restaurant or like our big thing was also when we left restaurants like to pick things up. Like sometimes I'll look yeah, at tables like the, when the, parents the, and the kids leave the and the servers and what they have to do. It's just so disrespectful, you know? Maybe that's just me. Again, I think I'm getting crotchety and old. But I don't think manners have a timeline or a date stamp or ever go out of style. And I think the worst thing you can do is raise kids who feel entitled, you know, and that people work for them or that, you know, we always told our kids when we were leaving a hotel room, I'm like, put all the towels in the bathtub or whatever, the dirty towels. They're like, oh, mom, what's the big deal? You know, it's like the big deal is that you don't have people to wait on yeah. you. You know, that's my life lesson today. Let's go ahead and pay off the Keith Urban tease from last episode. Please. Okay. It was a conversation about Keith Urban phoning into the Bobby Bones show. And here, here's the headline from, from the website. Keith Urban was disappointed with Eric Church's lyrics in this big hit. 
I didn't listen to the, the 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 interview or the visit with Bobby and and Keith last episode. I've listened to it now, and I will tell you that that's there's a little bit of clickbait going on right there, and that's what you're you're paid to do if that's your your job. But disappointed is kind of not uh, the word that I would have used. It's a funny story. I have the audio here um, with Keith Urban and Bobby Bones talking about the question was. Uh, actually, you hear Bobby here set it up. Hang on one second. This is uh, the clip. Here we go. What when you mention lyrics, like what are those lyrics to you that you feel and you're like, man, I still think about those today. Uh, my friends try to cheer me up. We get together at the Pizza Hut. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, tell you, I'll tell you why, right? Because we're very, Eric and I have really good buds, and he he is just for me. He's one of the truly great songwriters. He he will be remembered forever as a great, great songwriter. And so when he puts a song out, I'm really excited to hear it. And the first time I heard that song and it got to that line, I went, no, you didn't rhyme, cheer me up with Pizza Hut. Eric, what are you doing? You know, and it really, it bothered me. I I just thought it was a big cop out. And the more I heard that song, the more I went, well, first of all, that's exactly what happens. It's a true, it's a true, it's a true lyric. And that thing became my favorite lyric in the whole song. It just, it's, it had teeth, you know, it stuck out. So I'm going to say that line right there. The- okay. Having not heard the, the interview last podcast on it, you used the exact same word that Keith used and it was cop out. Yeah. Well, I think I said he probably thought it was pedestrian. Like it was just kind of a, like not, you know, it was kind of like a low, low brow choice of words. I want to do a little sidecar here. You're probably, you may not be happy about this, but I want to talk about um, like Bobby Bones set who, okay. Tell everyone who Bobby Bones is. If they're not listening, like uh, they're not familiar. Well, you know, Bobby Bones from idol. He's a mentor on American idol. He is um, a nationally syndicated morning show radio host for iHeartRadio, radio, probably on gosh, hundreds of stations. I would imagine a uh, very talented guy. So when Bobby, Bobby came, he was not in country music. No, no, he was a top 40 uh, pop, pop radio DJ. Yeah. And so Austin, I, think. I, think, I have to think of how many years ago this was. But when Bobby was making the switch over to country from pop, at the time, we shared the same agent. And, why, why are we doing this? Because oh, I, th- I think it's fascinating. Okay. And that th- there was much talk. Because you were in radio, if you're new to the podcast, you were in country radio for 26 years. There was much talk at the time that there was going to be, that they were trying to find someone in country radio very similar to Ryan Seacrest. Right. Who would kind of be a national face for for country radio. Yes. And there was... There was talk of it, of them pulling someone from country radio. And because we had the same agent, there was a lot of discussion with you that would that be something you would be interested in and everything. And we shared the same agent with Bobby Bones. And then out of nowhere, Bobby made the switch over from pop. And I'm not telling the story. It wasn't, it all ended up fine. Your life went on. Everything was great. But I think people who don't know Bobby's history, he was not very well liked in country radio at all when he started. Because he didn't know anybody. And he would go on his show and say, I, I, would, I don't know who Keith Urban is. I don't know who Eric Church is. I don't. He was just very open about it. Because he literally came, he had no country experience whatsoever. And he has really changed the face, I think, mm-hmm. of, I would, I would agree with that. of country and, and what it looks like and how modern it is. And now he's obviously very good friends with them. And he's gone on to do Nat Geo and Idol. So... Like maybe we would have done those things if you'd done it, but we okay. didn't have a, but we didn't have a choice because you, it was because a, Paul Anderson slid in oh, Bobby Bones. Okay, let's don't say his name, but yes, yeah, yeah. Do you think he put like y'all's names in like a gumball machine? It was no, just like he okay, didn't. Bobby Caddy, no, Bobby Caddy, no, Bobby Caddy, no, Bobby Caddy. No, okay, he did. Well, I told him he did. I told him off. So, but Bobby Bones is a super, super talented, super talented uh, host and interviewer and conversationalist, and he and really he, is. He, he's done so well. I mean, and if you have never read his um, two books, he's got a he's also a best-selling author. I mean, super, what has Bobby Bones not done? Well, he's and he's got a super gritty backstory, um, and it's it's good stuff. His you books think he'd are, come on the podcast? I think he would. Yeah, I think he would too. I may reach out to him. Yeah. All right. So, part two of the Keith Urban follow-up is they were discussing. Uh, favorite country songs and song lyrics. And the song that Keith Urban called out was Waylon Jennings, Are You Sure Hank Done It This Way? And and then you asked for the actual lyric that Keith says was one of the most important lyrics in country music. And I had not listened to the interview with Bobby and, and Keith, so I didn't know it. I have the audio now for you, Donna. Let's do it. Here we go. You ready? Uh, 
I, I will choose Are You Sure Hank Done It This Way by Waylon uh, because I think it's one of the most important lyrics where Waylon says, Lord, it's the same old tune, fiddle and guitar. Where do we take it from here? Rhinestone suits and new shiny cars. It's been the same way for years. We need a change. And I, I, you know when they put up music, that Musica statue on Music Row down there, yeah. you know, the, on the roundabout? I'm like, I would prefer to have seen like maybe those lyrics printed on a big plaque at the entrance to Music Row because it's almost like a mission statement for the continual evolution of country music. And I think Waylon framed it perfectly with that song. So there is your answer. Do you think he just had those lyrics ready to go? He knew them by heart? Donna, I wondered that same thing. And that's going to be our first question to Bobby Bones if he accepts the invitation to come on the podcast. How would Keith Urban be able to pull that song and that lyric out of his ass as quickly as he did had he not been given a heads up by a producer on the Bobby Bones show? I wondered that exact same thing, Donna. Well, but if it's his favorite lyric, he probably has it ready to roll. I just, uh, the, the entire lyric? I don't know, but you know what I was thinking when he was talking? I, I just went back to every single time that we have met Keith Urban. And in that Aussie accent, because it's so great, he's like, hello, baby girl. Mm. Oh, every time he meets you and he smells so good, like patchouli and rainbows. And I'll toss out an fetty. invitation. I'll toss out an invitation to Bobby. We'll see what kind of okay. response we get. All right. All right. Ed Bastian is the CEO of Atlanta-based Delta. And Ed refuses to say Delta variant, whether in meetings, in the hallway at home, whether on the tarmac at Hartsfield or in a, a plane or a press conference or wherever, he refuses to say Delta variant. When this Delta variant thing first popped, I thought to myself, you know, there's no company or no person that's going to hate this more than Delta. Than Delta. Uh, Seth Myers took a crack at him, uh, Ed, and, and this uh, uh, refusal to say the Delta variant on his show, Late Night with Seth Myers recently. The CEO of Delta Airlines said in a new interview that he won't refer to the new coronavirus variant as Delta, though I don't think it's cool that he keeps calling it the Air China virus. There you go, Seth. Okay, that's bad. <laughs> Ed Bastian says that the average COVID-related hospitalization costs the company $50,000 per person. Where does he get those statistics? Well, he's the CEO. I mean, I'm sure they know, I would imagine. What do you think is included in that? An oxometer, some medicine, breathing tubes, nebulizer. What is that? White blood cells. Mm. Delta is going to slap a $200 monthly surcharge on your health insurance premium if you're an unvaccinated employee starting November 1st. What do you think about this? I think this is coming down the pipeline for many companies. Many companies. I said to you, our 15-year-old daughter, Charlotte, was contact traced no less than 11 times last year, every time negative. And we had to take her to, you know, get one of those tests. And every time, thank the good Lord, our insurance paid. But I'm like, who's paying for all this stuff? Like down the line, you know, I mean, shots are free and all this stuff. It's just, I mean, eventually, because I think healthcare is taking such, you know, it's such a toll on what's going on. Somebody's got to pay for this down the line. And I think that is, there. there's a lot of different ways to motivate people. And one of the biggest ways is through your pocketbook. That's why you see people, you know, people, they're offering money. I saw two. There was yeah. one up in um, the northeast corner of Georgia where we are. Northeast Georgia Health Systems was offering. hundred bucks. hundred bucks. I thought about day. going. Yeah. Um, Cash will get me to roll in my sleeve. But there's, but also, you know, putting, um, putting a fine on people, you know, it, and and you can, I guess you could legitimately say it because you can't say like, okay, if you, I mean, you could, but like, if you don't come, if you don't get vaccinated, we're going to take $200 out of your paycheck. But to, to put it to something like, okay, it's going towards your health insurance because we know if you get sick, you're going to have higher, you know, higher premiums are going to come in. There's going to be more costs associated with it, and especially when your company is paying a portion of your healthcare premiums. I guess if you're paying a hundred percent of your healthcare premium, then they I could don't, take that yeah. right. But you know, I, I think that's coming down the line. The airlines, though, are not following the same playbook for vaccination policies. United Airlines is mandating vaccinations of its employees within five weeks of the vaccine's full approval, which we got last Monday. American has said it will not require vaccination. Uh, and Spirit Airlines' decision has been canceled. Oh, okay. Get it? Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. I get that. All right. Have you ever flown Spirit? I've not. Have you, PT? Oh, yeah. How's that go? Awful. <laughs> really? Oh, it's terrible. It's quite bad. Yeah. 
My I I was a uh, like a Delta rat. My my father worked for Delta That's his right. entire life, so I didn't fly Spirit unless I absolutely had to. Were you in the days of flying Delta with your dad when you had to dress up like in a little suit and everything? Oh, I still kind of do. Because every time we go to the airport with my family, everybody looks at the people that are wearing their uh, you know their sweatpants and they've already yes. got the neck pillow on yep. as yep. they're walking. Yes. The no, I'm, I I dress pretty nice for the airport. I like that. I I miss that. You know, I'm a big proponent. You know this when I fly of wearing sensible shoes and this all started from old sully when they were all standing on the the wing of the, the plane. wings of the u.s and you've got Airways those poor plane. women out there with their power suits and their wedge heels wedge heels mm-hmm. i'm always looking at my shoes and when people get on the plane i'm like i'm like the e-correspondent you know at the academy awards i'm like clucking that's a shame that one's going to cost you yeah better hope ho- better that's hope not going to grip yeah. yeah that's not going to give not, you any grip that's not going to grip <laughs> you got to get shoes that'll come off and come back on and security no very kidding. easily too and yeah. you also have to think about i'm always thinking of these things cause i'm such a nervous flyer like what are you wearing going down a slide because here's the thing if you have to make an emergency evacuation you don't want to be wearing like one of those cute tennis skirts that all, everybody's wearing now there's a tennis skirt when they fly Oh, but I mean like shorts. Like if you're going to the Bahamas, you're ready. You know, there's those people that they're ready when they get off the tarmac, like to hit going the bar. Going straight to the beach, yeah. Going straight to the beach in the bar. Not me. Like I look like I'm like, I have layers so that if I like you and you're standing beside me on the wing, okay. I'll let you bar my parka. You know what I mean? Like if you need maybe a sandal or a Tiva, I got, I'll give you one, you know, but like you've got to like layer up. And so I see some of these outfits people get on and I'm just thinking that ain't going to do well on the slide, lady. It's not going to happen. Or if you have to clutch a wing, God forbid. Clutch a wing. I don't know. I'm just always thinking about things like You've that. You've thought about this a lot for something that's I, only happened. Such, I am she, such a nervous flyer. She's truly a nervous flyer. It's only flyer. happened once in like commercial airline history, but you thought but about it But do you not think that that has really burned into people's image, those people standing on that wing seriously? But see, I, I see it as a positive. It's burned into my brain as like, wow, they lost both engines and everybody was okay. And they could stand on I sh- that wing. I yeah. should be just fine. Yeah. That's true. Okay. I like that. If you're flying for the holiday, Labor Day weekend. Think about what you're wearing. This is a sponsor mention. Let's let's, let's please try to separate. Let's back up. Yes, okay. Okay. If you're flying for the holiday Labor Day weekend, enjoy the My Second Act Hype Song playlist when you fly Delta, Atlanta's hometown airline. Just engage Delta Studio, then sit back, relax, and enjoy the Spotify app in our playlists while you're there. I love Delta. All right. Debbie is a, Debbie, uh, Debbie, uh, Parker Parker is a neighbor of ours, and uh, Debbie had a fall recently. Well, she's had a really bad bout with vertigo, which I have now learned is the new plantar fasciitis of our age group. You know, I had that forever. Right. And now I'm after talking to her and a couple of other people, vertigo is really common um, as you get older, especially with females. And she had a horrible bout with it and has kind of been down for the count. So we're we're thinking about her. Well, and over the weekend, I I reached out to Sean, her husband. Sean, during the royal wedding, was our British correspondent, you may recall, in the episode. And I said, Sean, I'm going to run you down some dinner for dinners so that you guys don't have to worry about dinner with Debbie uh, healing from her vertigo episode. And he and his British accent was like, that's so kind of you. Well, and he's a neighbor everybody wants. Yeah. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, because he can kill a snake. He can oh, yeah. jimmy up okay. your garage door. Blow up your bike tires and things All like that. All of that. The September menu is out dinner affair. I want to focus on uh, a three-step dinner that you can have tonight. Preheat your oven. We can handle that, right, Donna? I can do that. Pop in the chicken pot pie for an hour. Step three is pull it out, serve. I can do all of that. Homemade chicken pot pie. Got carrots, got peas, potatoes, mm, so white good. meat, chicken. Sounds so good. Got uh, some extra uh, seasoning. Baked in the oven under a flaky pastry crush. Crust. The chicken pot pie. Dinneraffair.com. Dinneraffair.com. All the meals can be frozen until you're ready to cook them. And you just thaw them out in the fridge uh, to defrost the day before. That you want to cook and and you're you're there. It's uh three easy steps, most of them, and you get dinner on the table. How about this one? You can preheat your oven, put your pot pie in, go pick your kid up at dance lessons, come back and eat dinner. That's the other great thing about these types of meals. And if you have families that are your your family's super busy and involved in activities, you could do all of these one cook meals where you put them in the oven, go pick your kids up and come back so that you're not having I mean, the the three small steps you normally have to do, but I get it. Sometimes three small steps when you're running in and out, picking people up at ball practice, three is too many. So you just put these in the oven, head out. And by the time you come home, you're ready to plate it and go. I mean, what a lifesaver. What a lifesaver. 30 bucks off your first dinner affair order. Your promo code you need to use is caddy2021, C-A-D-D-Y, caddy2021 at dinneraffair.com. Our thanks to Dinner Affair for their support and sponsorship of the My Second Act podcast. Also, Gallery Furniture Gainesville. 
The Denny's, 55-plus menu. Visit Denny's.com. I had the best Grand Slam breakfast on I've ever had at a Denny's over the weekend. Okay. They really knocked it out of the park. All right. I just, I don't even, I don't know. Okay. And promotional consideration paid for by the following. The best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. What's your hype song? Yes. A few questions for the uh, panel. Well, uh, yes. Panel includes Preston and I, because he's thinking exactly what I'm thinking. Who's pitching? Are you like, are these, did you sell these sponsorships? Yes. Okay. All right. I, I do advertising, marketing, sales, content. Social media. Social media and host of my second podcast. I wear all the hats. Fan. Are you not excited about Denny's and, and Folger? Folgers? Very, in? very. The Folgers, yes. All right, we're going to add two to the Hype Song playlist. Uh, let me go first, if you don't mind. Yes, please. There's a song that I'm hearing on country radio right now that I'm really digging. And it's been a while since I've gotten excited about a Luke Combs song. I'm not going to lie. Jameson Rogers is the artist's name. And this song features Luke Combs. It's called Cold Beer Calling My Name. I love that song. How many times a day, by the way, do you spot a road construction crew on the side of the interstate and you say out loud to yourself, that's Luke Combs right there? All the time. Because they all look like Luke Combs, All right? the time. Yeah. There was a guy waving me through, which that's a sidebar conversation too, is those people, some of those people, and oh, I hate to say those people because a lot of, you might be working a construction crew. And, and if you are, I think you're qualified. But there is a certain group that I just don't think is qualified. Like the other day I went through and this guy haphazardly, he, he went over and put his hat on because I think he was like, the only way these people are going to stop is if I have my construction hat on. He's smoking a cigarette yeah. and he was sort of like, you have to be committed. He was, it was one of those where he's going to wave you through and it's your side's turn to go through. So he's sort of waving and he kind of stopped and he smoked a cigarette. And I'm like, wait, is he smoking a cigarette or is he waving me through? And then he got mad because he was like, stop. And I wanted to roll down my window and go, dude, I don't know if you're smoking or you're waving me through. So you probably shouldn't be doing both. Check you, your ash. Yeah, but I mean, are you ever like that? Like, you almost second guess the person that's waving you through. Like, you're looking around. Well, especially them, if you're like, going to one uh, lane and it's yeah. around a curve and you don't, yeah. Do you're they like, know? I don't think so. Do they really count yeah. the cars? Does the guy on the other end of the radio know that I'm, I'm coming around the turn? Yeah, I want to get out of my car and like go Let's over and yell that. to the guy, Let's like, are you sure okay. we're good? Yeah. All right. Okay. James Roberts, uh, Rogers, rather, his debut studio album, Bet You're From a Small Town, is uh, going to drop soon. You may have seen him on tour with Luke in uh, 2019. And he had the number one. Uh, one of the many number one hits last year on the country chart. And I was like, I don't believe I'm familiar with this guy. And I don't know the song, Some Girls. But you know how when you hear a hook of the song, or you hear the intro, you're like, oh my gosh, I love that song. Suddenly you go from not knowing what it is to, it's that was favorite. one of my favorite songs of last year. Here's a quick clip of that number one hit from last year, his debut song from Jamison Rogers called Some Girls. Sometimes it's a clean race, they don't clean slate, moving on to Here we go. Some girls never do. What are you going to add to the Spotify hype song playlist? Okay, I am adding Ashley McBride, Little Dive Bar in Dahlonega. Okay. I do love that, Ashley. I got to tell you something. Like, if you are a bachelorette and you're heading to Nashville, like, you want Ashley in your party. I mean, everybody wants an Ashley because she parties. Do you ever see her, like, at the award show and she's the only one, like, all the rest of them, like, at the CMAs and stuff are just sitting down in their ball gowns, like, staring at stage. And she's up doing, like, the Motley Crue mm -hmm. fingers. Like, she is in it turn about the flash to win it that she's pulled from somewhere you don't yeah, know where and she's got that stripe anybody that has that like i don't want to say like corella deville but that stripe in their right, hair right. you're like party okay party on floor c you know what i mean like she's ready to go i love that song and i can harmonize really well with that song the three people that i can harmonize the best with are ashley mcbride okay. sugarland and the indigo girls i'm writing this down okay Indigo Girls. All right, do you want to give it a shot right now? Yeah, let's do it. All right, here's a clip of Little Dime Bar in Dahlonega from Ashley McBride. And we rehearsed this last night at the house, so yeah, you know yeah. where it's going to pick up. You you specifically asked for this segment well, of the song. Well, that's where my harmonizing comes in the best, but I hope I can remember it. Okay, here we go. And it's a hidden rock bottom. Smoke them if you got them. Nothing's going right. Making the best of the worst day kind of night. Right, That's go. pretty damn good, isn't it? Smoke them if you got them. I mean, that just tells it all. Smoke them if you got them. Like, I'm not even a smoker, but smoke them if you got them. Can I make a clarifying point here? Sure. Yes, please. PT is the producer of the My Second Act <laughs> podcast. The Harmony is singing a different note than the person on the oh, radio shit. is singing. <laughs> so you'd be you'd be matching, I'm matching with Miss McBride. I'm matching. That's right. But you, 
Do you want to yeah. try again? That's yeah, why, that's why have, it was surprising and to me. I will tell you this: Preston is a theater major, so let's have you do it with me too. Let's. I don't know that Preston knows this song. He, d- he no, can do I, it. I, I don't. I like Aspen Bread. He can do it. Do you want to try again? Do you want to do better? That really sucked that first try. Okay, no, I actually didn't. Why don't you do it with me? I'm not. This is okay. you, Donnie. You're the one that said I, okay. I harmonize great with Ashley McBride, and then we just learned you're actually not harmonizing with her. You're I matching match. her. Yeah, I match I, her I hate to break that Here we go. I match her two and a three. I can't get that one lyric. And it's a hidden rock bottom. Smoke them if you got them. Nothing's going right. Making the best of the worst day kind of night. There you have it. That's pretty good. I matched her. I'll tell you, the, the Indigo Girls, too. Uh, I forget what the song is, but it's a good one. It's like their number one song, but yeah, I can do All that, right. too. Jameson Rogers featuring Luke Combs, Cold Beer, Calling My Name, and Ashley McBride's Little Dive Bar in Dahlonega. Go to the Caddy and Donna or Donna and Caddy Spotify hype song playlists for this episode. Kanye West, oh, real quicker. Kanye has generated nearly thirteen million dollars from uh, Donda, the rollout, and this thirteen million is money he made Donna before the the, the project even dropped, which it was supposed to drop July twenty second, I think, the night of the, oh, the listening first party. listening party at Mercedes Benz Stadium here yes. in Atlanta. Um, he made just off the two listening parties here in Atlanta five point four million dollars. $7 million in merchandising and 350000 in increased streaming revenue. And $40,000 in chicken tenders. The question is this, though. As we sit here right now, 30 miles north of downtown Atlanta at the App and Podcast Network, can you actually download Donda right now? I think you can. Kanye on Instagram over the weekend accused his label Universal of dropping the album without his approval. And the, the, the big delay here for weeks has been a song called Jail. And DeBaby, is that right, Don? Yep. DeBaby's management team or his publishing company uh, would not clear the song, which means if, if you're going to have an artist appear on your album or if you're going to sample a song and a song that you're, you're, you're putting out there, you must have permission from the songwriter or from the publisher or the producer in order to use their voice, as is the case with DeBaby, on this song. Or, uh, you know, a hook uh, or a beat from from the song. you got to get permission. It's got to be cleared. And DeBaby's people would not clear him for this project with Kanye. I got a lot of problems with this. I got to So can you. you get it? Would you check PT? Like, if I don't expect you to download it, but would you look right now on, where do you get your music? Spotify. Would you usually. look on Spotify right now and see if, as we sit here right now, if you can actually download Donda? I actually know you can because I tried to do it this morning. Okay. So, yes, you can. Here's the thing. Whatever you think about um, Kanye, and we've, you know, we've had a lot of fun with him staying in Mercedes-Benz. I just, and I know he wants us to not understand the choices he makes, but I just don't get it. Like, you know, at the at the latest listening party, he had Marilyn Manson out. Right. Come on. I mean, seriously. Is there any bigger rapist in music than Marilyn Manson? I mean, and, and these have been... They have been, they, they, these people have, I mean, he basically, he's been dropped from his label. He's been, there's multiple women. And I mean, young women that have come out. I mean, really bad stuff, bad, bad stuff. And then you've got DeBaby, who, you know, recently came out and made horrible anti-gay comments. I, I just don't understand it. Like, you're, it's shocking enough that you're Kanye. Like, do you have to go there? I don't get it. I do not get, and I, you know, I just don't get when an artist does those kind of things. I mean, Marilyn Manson is not just creepy. It's, it's bad stuff. And it's been going on a long time, a long, long time. And that was probably a little harsh that he, that what I said about him, but he, I believe he is the Harvey Weinstein of music. I really do. I think this has been going on for so long, and people have known about it with Marilyn Manson. But and covered it up or never spoken of. Yeah, and, and just kind of, again, oh, he's just, you know, alternative, and he's freaky. Well, yeah, so was Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails, but he didn't do half this stuff. So was Perry Farrell. I mean, I just, it's so creepy. It's so creepy. That story is so creepy, and it has to do with girls that he was bringing backstage and grooming and all of this stuff. Why would you associate yourself with that? Why? Why? And he's not even relevant. So, I mean, I just don't understand Kanye for so many levels. But that one just, when I, when I heard this, it just sent me over the edge. I'm like, what is the deal with this? I don't, I don't get it. Friday night, Kanye had a listening party very similar to what he did here in Atlanta, uh, in Chicago, which is where he's from, I believe, right? Yes. Um, did he and Kim Kardashian get remarried? I mean, that's the biggest question. Dress yes. After they held the crowd for like two hours. Yes. 
And um, she was wearing a Vera Wang or a... It was not a Vera Wang. It was like either a Jean-Paul Gaultier or a Versace. I think it was a Gaultier. Him. Yeah. He's, 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 he's not from he, these parts, I don't think, PT. Are you looking for the photograph? I was going to see who, what okay. the dress is made of. But anyways, let's don't worry about it. Right. The question is, are they married or not? Did they get remarried? It looked like they did. But was it a... Hoax? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? That's okay. it. I think we should end our Kanye talk. Well, we are. But talk. Donna, here's the thing. The podcast is categorized in the music field and also the news and entertainment field. And and so if there are headlines about music or news and entertainment, I think that we, we, we hit on. I know. And I like his music. So it's kind of like Morgan Wallen discussions and stuff. It's like, do, do you let the person and some of the choices they make, do you, does that keep you from listening to music that you like? I don't know. But I just think he's crazy. A good kind and a bad kind. Casey Musgraves has been divorced now for two years, I think. Yes. She has a new album that's going to drop September the 10th. Star-crossed. And it's called Starcrossed. And it's And uh, it, it's going to be what she has said is, is a product of her divorce. I can't wait. Mm. Oh, I can't wait. Ah. Ah. Also going to have an accompanying, uh, an accompanying film, or whatever that word is. Also going to drop on September 10th. Casey Musgraves has a new man in her life after being divorced for two years. They met after their eyes crossed in a busy restaurant where they were both there to have dinner. Mm. He had no idea who she was. But this is like out of uh, like a fairy tale out of uh, uh, Romeo and Juliet. Thank you, Donna. She's one of the world's most popular artists. But Cole Schaefer had no idea who she was. Does this stuff happen? I mean, obviously. Or is this a story that has been concocted, maybe manufactured to go with the press that they're 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 pushing out right now? Her people are pushing out all kinds of storylines to see the fact that her album is coming out September the tenth. Do you? I, th- I don't know. It's very interesting. You know, when she divorced Rustin Kelly, who she was married to, there was a lot of talk about Casey and who, which side of the street she played on. You know, and that. She, I thought she was going to be single for a long time. I really did. And I think she kind of put that out there in a way. And so I'm wondering if, I don't know. I'm wondering if it was kind of manufactured to take the sting off the fact that she, I mean, you know, you listen, you can, you can start dating someone two weeks after you get divorced in reality, if you want to, what's the timetable for love. But I don't know. I think it's very interesting because it kind of goes with her. I don't know. Her, I love Casey, but I, I, I'm with you. I, I don't know. Maybe he knew she was. Maybe they were kind of like they, they were acquaintances. They, he knew someone she knew. I don't know. How does that come down, though? They're in this crowded restaurant. I think it was New York City. I think she was there for her birthday, her 33rd birthday. And, and you're just, what are you doing? You're looking around the restaurant. You're just, you know, people having a conversation at your table. And then you see someone across the room. So like, hey. I, is that what you do? Do you wave? Like, hey, boy, hey. Do you like, I, what, give me the look. Give me the eye look, the locked eye look. So if I'm at a table uh, at Bones in, in Buckhead, you know, across the room, and you give me that look, what am I supposed to do with that look? Am you I just supposed kind to kind of smile like you flirt back? And then, a then what smile. happens after that? What step two after the locked eyes from across the crowded well, restaurant? Well, you head you head into the bathroom at the same time. No, I'm just kidding. You go up to the bar and like maybe you then the other person kind of walks up there and then you start talking and they buy you a drink. I mean, come on, you used to do this, I'm sure, at Cowboys or somewhere. It's been a while. I'm rusty. I'm just curious. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think that. I'm, I'm sure it happens. If we have any pod peeps that met through like a look or something, I mean, I, I'm sure it happened. Right. You know, or like like in the old line dancing days, if you got out there and started line dancing with someone, the next thing you know, you're getting married. Like, I'm sure it happens. But good for her. I, I'm excited about this project. I think it's going to be really good. Her stuff is so good. Why do you, why are you poo-pooing the divorce album? I, I just can't get excited about an album where, where she says, this album, my fourth studio album, will be a product of my divorce. What does that mean? That that to me means angry, depressing. Music? I don't think and, so. And and her music is not the most uplifting. Come on, let's be real. You know, he's also an African American man, which I found very interesting. Why? I don't know. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know. That, that, that doesn't that doesn't say anything. I just thought that it was interesting. Okay, I'm just gonna leave that there. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, good for her. I think they, they look adorable together. You know, and I would also say like when for people who are like, 
oh, well, who wouldn't know who Casey Musgraves are? I don't think she's one I of the most her. recognizable people. I wouldn't you know, know what her. I mean? She walked in the door at the Apple Podcast Network. Well, right now. you would because she'd come in with like fringe and yeah, like, rainbows her, blowing yeah. out her ass. Yeah. yeah, so cute. All right, September 10th, Star Cross from Casey Musgraves. This did, is a wonky episode, but let's keep going. Sometimes they're the best. Why do you say that, though? I don't know. I'm just like going sideways, left and right. I did not know that he served in the Army. I did not know that he earned a law degree before. In the 1940s, Dole the Wolfman Rogers bought gallery furniture. Did You you grew up around this family. I guess you knew those two I things. didn't know that. I did not know that he was. Um, I, I did know that he was in the Army, I think, because at some point Don had told me about that. I did not know until we actually did that podcast where you did the podcast out there, which is a great thing to go back and listen to. It's kind of the history of the Wolfman and Donna. I didn't know he had a law degree. Had no clue. This last week... Wolfman would have celebrated his 85th birthday. Gallery Furniture posted a picture of he and his wife, Betty, on their Facebook page. And I, I shared it. And Barbara Moody Spears wrote, oh my, he sold me my first furniture set years ago when I lived in Gainesville. Super nice man. And that's what a lot of people, um, if you knew the Wolfman, you knew that about or you knew that about him. That he was uh, all about the community and all about giving back. But he just had a huge heart for his family, his business, and the communities where he did business. Yeah, he did. And you know what? The... The people that go up there, we say this a lot, are often return customers. And this is a perfect example. Like you could have your parents who bought furniture from there and then you could be doing it as well for your kid, you know, your kids, their grandkids. So um, people do not stay in business in today's world unless you treat people correctly for that long. And people um, know the Wolfman. They know Donna. They know Marilyn. And anything that you're looking for, if there's one thing that you're hearing people complain about more than anything, um, right now, it's how long furniture is taking to order, to be delivered. And even if they're telling you, if you're going out today and they're saying, listen, looks good, no problem, you should have it before the holidays, you probably won't. The one thing that I can guarantee is if you go out and see Donna this week, you will get your furniture on time. Um, she's going to make sure of it. So if you're trying to add something in for the holidays, you need a bigger table, you need more space, you need a larger couch for people to congregate in your home for the holidays. Don't take the chance. Why would you, you know, because then your money's just sitting there. You you can't take the money and go, go tr then you can't go up and try it at gallery. You, you've got your money committed, but your furniture is not going to get there for another six months. So don't do that. Don't make that mistake. Go see them today. If there's something that you don't think that they're going to have, take the picture, take the ad from the other company, give them the opportunity, give Don the opportunity to earn your business. Labor Day is this weekend. Big holiday weekend coming up. If you are in town, visit Gallery Furniture if you are on the hunt or in the hunt for furniture for any room uh, at your home or maybe your lake home or your mountain home. Donna is going to outdo Wayfair. Donna is going to outdo any price you find on Amazon. Donna is going to do so much better than any price you bring to her from a big box retailer. I guarantee you that. Seat on the showroom floor. Take it home. 16,000 square foot showroom and warehouse. 1600 Browns Bridge Road, Gainesville. Ask for the Wolfman. Ask for Donna at Gallery Furniture. Officer Phil Ritchie is with the Alpharetta Department of Public Safety Badge 281. 281 is sidelined right now, Donna, because Officer Ritchie has tested positive for... The COVID. Not the first time you've tested positive for something, I bet, right? Okay, now why are huh? you doing that? Hello? <laughs> are you there, Ritchie? I'm here. So you felt some symptoms of COVID and you got your test results back Sunday, right? Um, yes. How are you feeling? feel like uh like a really bad cold maybe like a flu are the officers like with everything that's going on are y'all back when you're pulling people over are you back in masks or no how does that work with with the like is it required um, what happens no it's not required right now um you know if we go to a call where somebody has covid symptoms we'll wear a mask um and it's also officer discretion there's some people that will wear a mask um, just because they want to, but it's not something that's mandated right now. All right. Yeah. When we get done here, I'm going to drive you and Chelsea out some dinner affair dinners. I love that. For y'all to enjoy. That's good. That's one thing that I haven't lost is my sense of taste. Well, that's good. There's the good news. That's the good news. There's the yes. good news. Officer Richie is a very dear friend of mine. He's been a police officer for 15 years with the city of Alpharetta. Um, and you are a canine handler, and your canine is Raider. Raider is a five-year-old purebred Labrador retriever. She weighs in at, at 40. Is that right? 40 pounds? Yeah, uh, 38. 38. She specializes in narcotic detection, tracking, and community relations. And uh, Officer Richie and I also host a podcast with the App and Podcast Network called Caddy Wagon with Richie and Canine Raider. 
and uh, season two is we're working on season two right now. And we had a couple of questions about a story I shared last episode here on the podcast, Richie, about the story about Kate. Oh, there she is, Donna. There she is. I hear her. I hear her. Oh, she's worried about him. She says, hello, everybody. Oh, give her some love for him. We were talking about Kate Raider recently tracking the guy who had uh, who, who ditched the vehicle and fled. And Donna, do you want to set it up and ask the, the two questions that we have? Well, the one question was you had read um, what he had written on the whiteboard because he was when he was, I guess, hiding out. He was hiding out kind of in a, um, a trailer or like, like a, a mobile, a mobile, mobile classroom. classroom. And he had written something on the whiteboard. Read again what he wrote. Uh, stay in school. It's a hard life out here. I'm a criminal. And every day I wish I wouldn't have done thing. I wish I would have done things different in school. Stay focused. You can do anything you set your mind to. And we want to say again that during this tracking, uh, school was not in session. And so no students or teachers or parents, no one was uh, in harm's way. But uh, how, without a sent article, Officer Richie, how does how does Raider get on a sent and track somebody? Um, <clears throat> well, you know, we shed thousands of skin gaffes <clears throat> particles constantly as humans. I mean, like right now, like if you could see them, the room you're sitting in is like covered in <clears throat> like your skin particles and it's all over the place. Yeah. So that's, you know, the dogs can smell that because their nose is so great. Um, and also, you know, when we're training with them, you know, they're all, they're not only just detecting the skin or that person's scent, but also like ground disturbances, you know, um, grass, for example, uh, grass that hasn't been stepped on versus has been stepped on has a different odor profile to the dog. So that's something else that they, they, uh, pick up on. So, um, when, you know, dogs are pack animals, they, they, that's their nature. They, they're pack animals. So when we do a track and I have myself there, and let's say two other officers that would be ideal that go with me on a track for safety issues. So they go hands-on and they're my eyes. Cause when I'm doing a track, I'm not looking at my surroundings. I'm watching Raider. I'm watching her behavior changes because that's, you know, it's a team effort. She's sent doing the scenting and I'm watching her behaviors to try to figure things out. It's a very, uh, it's a very complicated thing. Probably one of the hardest things to do, but so, but when we start that track, you know, the dog smells you, the dog smells the two other people that are with you. And you are now those three people. We're a pack. Okay. Again, dogs are pack animals. So the dog understands that there's an odor that's there that's missing. Right. And that's the person that you're looking for. But couldn't there be more than one smell that, that hasn't been assigned to somebody standing there or whatever? Um, well, I mean, not necessarily. I mean, if, if there hasn't been anybody specifically in that area, but, but they're also looking for the changes in the vegetation as well. So, you know, like in this particular, um, track, they just showed me a specific area where they lost sight of this person. So that's why I brought her and took her a minute to figure out that missing odor. And then she was also following the changes in vegetation. So she brought me across the street, took a right. And, you know, the odor, the missing odor went in between these two different houses. She brought me in between these two houses. And from there, there hasn't been anybody that was back there. Um, but, I mean, that's kind of how it, how it is. Um, you know, there's, there's more value in that missing odor than the people that are there with her because we're, we're her pack. You know, when we started training her, we started with hot dog meat. And what you do is you do a straight line and we lay a piece of hot dog every three feet. And so when she's first learning that she has no idea what she's looking for, the hot dog meat is to keep her nose on the ground because your skin grafts and and all those particles are going to fall. They're heavier. They're going to fall to the ground. So that's where we want their nose to be towards the ground. And that's where the vegetation changes are going to be. So they're initially looking for that hot dog meat. Well, once you keep doing this, um, they will start bypassing the hot dog, the food. They're allowed to eat it at first. But once they keep doing it, there's more value in the uh, scent that they're looking for because they get their reward. So, like, I remember when we first started training Raider because Mark Tappan, who has uh, K.M. Mattis, he trained us. 
And probably a week into it, I told him, I said, hey, you know, Raider's not eating the hot dog meat anymore. She's just going right past it. And he said, no, that's good because there's more value in the odor at the end of the track than that hot dog meat. It's a testament to the to the training, though. I mean, because if you think about it, I know sometimes when people see these dogs out, you know, doing this work, it it sometimes I don't mean it looks easy, but you think like, okay, the dog's on a scent, it finds someone, but it really all goes back to what you're talking about, which is just that training, so that when they get out there, they're focused and ready to roll. Yeah, there's a lot of training. We we have to as a, a unit. Uh, it's federally mandated. We have to train at least 16 hours a month. And that's a minimum when we go above the standard. So there's a lot of training and there should be for something that is dealing specifically with somebody's Fourth Amendment rights. So we want to make sure that we are on top of our game um, because we don't want to violate anybody's rights. Did officers erase the message that the uh, fleeing suspect, we'll call them, wrote when he was in hiding or did I hear you wrong? uh, I I don't know. I don't know if it's still up or not. Um, We were helping a, a different police agency. Um, so I, I don't know what uh, what happened with that. Speaking of that other police agency, I have a question for you. Did okay. you see the the officer hidden on the way here today, this morning? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> you have told me before, Officer Richie, that the if you're going to run radar, you have to be visible to oncoming traffic, correct? Yeah, there's a, a couple of different rules to that. But yeah, you have to be visible uh, within at least 500 feet okay. if to- you're doing speed enforcement well he was uh tell me donna that this officer had not borrowed some trees from the cambridge high school marching band to put around his suv i mean he was he was totally hidden you could not see him no, well you could see the front of it but but it looks like any other suv i'm not the guy that flashes my headlights at people if i see a law enforcement officer running radar i just i'm never that guy unless you pull something like this just <laughs> do you um that's my question do you um when you're driving like your jeep do you flash your lights at other people if you see a police no he doesn't do that well, how do you well, know? Because well, a law enforcement officer is not, not going to... It's not against the law to it's do not, that. Well, it's probably a moral thing, ethical thing, I oh, would imagine. Okay, all right, right, right. You know? Okay. Officer Richie has both of those, Donna. Isn't that right? <laughs> but he does do the flag Jeep wave. Do you do that? Uh, you know, I, 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 I hate doing the wave because there's exhausting. so many Jeeps. It's exhausting up here to do it because there are so many of them. It is. Listen to the well, I like a mannequin hand and just put it up there. Yeah, no kidding. Oh my gosh, I love that. All right, listen, I'll text you when I drop off your dinner for your dinners. Uh, send our best Chelsea and feel uh, better. Uh, can we? Is is Raider still there by you? Yeah. Okay. Can we? Yeah. Tell her. Tell her I love her and, and let me hear what she says back. All right. Me, well, she's sleeping, so let me okay. get her. Well, don't do. Don't wake her. Don't wake her. Oh, she can. She needs to wake up. Raider. Here. What? Say bye to Caddy. Oh. Say bye. Oh. See, if she says, "Godfather <laughs> Caddy." Yes, I love you so much. <laughs> and and can I please come to your house yes. while daddy is sick? Yes. <laughs> hey, man, get well, well, be well. And if we can do anything for you, call us, okay? All right, thanks, man. All right, buddy. Thanks for your time today on the My Second Act Podcast. Caddy Wagon with Richie and Canine Raider. Season two will drop soon. Catch up on season one anywhere you download your pods. And it's a pro-law enforcement uh, podcast with, uh, you know, just general questions about policing and stories and uh, real-time audio that we record when we're on the road, Donna, fighting crime. Love that. In the city of Alpharetta. Ponch and Lefty. Thelma and Louise. Pod peeps for this episode. Uh, Jody Darden Hall was kind enough, Donna. She spotted the uh, $69 miniature dick rocket. Okay. I I, I just don't understand what? how we can't get through an episode without. I mean, this just sends okay. me over the edge. It when, really when, does. What are you talking about? I'm talking about Jeff Bezos' okay. his, his spaceship. Just call it a rocket. Okay. A rocket. Jody writes, thought of you and what you said on the podcast about this. And for full disclosure, Jody, that was Donna that said that. You can own one for $69. Do you think Donna will let you have one? No. Well, I mean, yes, if you want one, have at it. Anyway. Okay. John I wonder Landry. how long it takes to get it in the air. Get John it. Landris. Uh-huh. Uh, as always, I enjoyed the podcast today. I hate watching our parents age. My mother and father are doing well, but my wife's parents are severely sick, especially her mom. The most perfect person I know, and she needs a liver transplant to survive at 67. My wife is bearing the responsibility of never-ending doctor appointments, caretaker, and caregiver. It's hard on her. We live two-plus hours north of Atlanta in Emory, where all of this will take place hopefully soon. Please keep my wife and family in prayers as I will you and yours and mine. Love you, man. Cannot express how much I get out of the podcast, so... 
Boy, did we get a lot of comments. I got, and not just on social media, but just I had so many people reach out to me who, you know, are dealing with this. And you're just, you are that perfect, um, perfect explanation of the sandwich generation. You know, there is so much going on right now in the world and trying to keep your kids in a good mental space and homeschool and virtual and get them back into activities. And then, you know, you're taking care of aging parents. And I was saying to you the other day, parents, you know, people in general live so long, which is a good thing. But there is a chance that at some point you could be, because a friend of mine said this to me, you could be taking care of children, hopefully that are grown, aging parents, and dealing with a spouse or yourself who started to age and have issues. How about this, Donna? How about grandkids even? You yeah. know, try, not trying to... Help your kids with, with their, their grandkids. Kids, yeah. It's just a lot. And um, I hear people say it all the time, and it doesn't, it kind of sounds mean or tone deaf, but humans didn't live this long, a long time ago, but it is so true from, and I hear people, it's not just the emotional toll, it's it's the financial toll. It's very expensive to put your parents in assisted living or in nursing care. And that's a whole nother that we can talk about on a different, you know, another podcast is just that emotional toll it takes with you because your parents raised you and you want to do the right thing for them. But financially, sometimes it's a huge burden to your family. So anybody who's listening and going through this, we're, we are as well. And I think the one thing that you should know is that there's a large community of people that are dealing with that. So you're not alone, even though you may feel you are. Shelby is a pop peep. She says, you and Donna have given me a reason to finally get in shape. When did we do that? Uh, well, we talked about we're going to do us a dragon boat race. Okay. All right. I want to be picked for one of your dragon boat teams, and I'll need strong arms. She's on my team. So, Shelby, we will both have you any day. And we're not going to do this like the old school. Like, remember when you were, like, let me go back to Little Hyde. Like, when you when we pe- played, like, when people were picking teams, like, in middle school. I was last yesterday. Oh, that makes yeah. me, I would have picked you, you. But see, here's the thing. You knew the answer to that question before you asked it. But I would have picked you. Okay. Well, thank so you. So I think that like that's the thing is like it, it. You should pick the. You should pick people first that don't always get picked first. Let's see how we do that. Okay. Yeah. And Thanks. I'm not saying that about Shelby. Like I think Shelby can take mm-hmm. us over the finish line. On the Cadillac Jack podcast Facebook page, Eric Starrett is a pot peep for this episode. He he saw the Wienermobile yes. in Loganville Saturday afternoon, and he snapped a picture of it in front of the Kroger and sent it to me on Facebook. And we're curious if anybody rode the Wiener. Yeah, he sent it to me as well. I was so excited. Area, I told him, I said, don't you just want to hijack those keys and get going? Take it take it for a spin. Jim Ekman is a pot peep for this episode. Jim wrote, it was in Tucker this afternoon. Yes. Which would have been Sunday. So the Wienermobile, I don't know if they if this was a the Luber, Uber, no, Lyft, sorry. Well, I combined, well, I, I combined <laughs> Lyft and Uber there, I'm sorry. Preston, oh my God. Okay. All right. I wonder if this had anything to do with the Lyft Oscar Mayer Wienermobile partnership, or if the Wiener was just out there getting his picture made. I don't know, but okay. All right, I think that's it. Donna. I think we should probably close on that. Audio for this episode from Columbia Riverhouse Artists, iHeart's Bobby Bone Show, Warner Music Nashville, Caddy Wagon from the App and Podcast Network, NBC's Late Night with Seth Meyers, and NBC's Today Show. Our thanks to executive producer Carl Appen. This episode of the My Second Act podcast was produced by Preston Thompson, PT, host of the Georgia Politics podcast and the Drafted podcast. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, My Second Act, part of the Appen Podcast Network. Whoa!